I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. SRB. SRB. A sausage in a roll in a box for me. Bit toppy there. Box for me. Bit toppy. Box for me. Box for me. Box for me. Welcome to the Frank Skinner Not the Weekend podcast with uh, me and Emily and Gareth. Not the weekend. Not, not, not the weekend. Yeah, there you go. That, I actually had to that. scratch him to get to do that. <laughs> I quite liked him when he said that. It's quite sexy. Oh, yeah, uh, mm. that's never, ever been said, I think, of, uh, of oh, Gareth no, before. On, not on this show. No. Oh, not okay. even by Laura. What, Laura, your good lady yeah. wife. I, I say, so do you think I'm sexy? And she sort of retches. No, that's because you say, do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> and you sort of do that bomb waggling thing that you do. I hate it when you yeah. do that. No, that's <laughs> repulsive. Yeah, repulsive. I was, I, I was thinking repulsive, but I thought I'll hold that back so <laughs> no. I hurt his feelings. But God bless you. You recognise your repulsivity. I say what people are thinking. And you aired it. Yeah. We had um, we had a... Uh, Email, that's what they're called, isn't it? Well, we did. I'm going to call you emaily, <laughs> if you're going to read <laughs> oh, that I out. Oh, I like you, it. You see, email, that was email. Yeah, no, so that's good. Emaily. Email, that could be a feature. This email is from Ooh. Nick Spevak, and he says he was walking around in Highgate yesterday. Oh, my kind of man, Nick. Highgate is an area of North London. Beautiful Famous area. for the Highgate Cemetery, where Karl Marx, the writer of the Communist Manifesto, slumbers forever. That was Radio 4. Um, now we need to mention all the other political manifestos and papers that have been written. No, we're all right. I don't, right. Think he's, I don't think he's a candidate in this. Well, do you want to know what happened? That was, was the uh, political chit-chat on Radio 4. <laughs> now, the book of bedtime. <laughs> Professor Stephen Hawking reads Stig of the Dump. Stig of the Dump. <laughs> we're off. And... <laughs> People was... now who are just tuning in, yeah. right? I know you don't really do that on the podcast, no. are thinking, oh, I wanted to hear that. It's gone, I've lost, I've lost, <laughs> I've lost his, his box oh, must have... He um, was just emerging. Must be a short circuit in maybe the old speaking get it machine. on iTunes, wait. Do you want to hear this email or not? Yes, I want to hear the email more than I want life. Oh, life. So Nick was looking at some ads in a local estate agent's in Highgate. Oh, good luck with that, Nick. When a beautiful and grand property grabs my attention. Mm. One of those with a blue plaque above the door. Blue plaque. Okay, sure, it's a little above my budget. But who once lived there? None other than a certain A.E. Houseman. Well. You fool! Did you think that it's because it's not the midweek podcast that that rule doesn't apply? <laughs> Absolutely everywhere. Hounding, hounding people. <laughs> A.E. Houseman mm. lived in, uh, in, in Highgate. Highgate. yeah. Let's, Brilliant. Let's go check it out. Let's go, let's go look at his crib. <laughs> I've often said that we should have a poetry slot on this. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Could we go like outside broadcast? We could do like we could walk round Highgate and see the poets' houses and like record yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pay for that. Frank's <laughs> going to have to shell out well, some sort of OB. <laughs> yeah, the trouble is, um, 
There's a lot of quite old people living in Highgate, and if you let off one of those, how dare air you? Air, if you let off an air raid <laughs> siren there, they're going to be absolutely petrified. They'll be out into the garden looking for the Nissan Hut. Nissan Hut. Nissan Hut is an old Swedish friend of mine. Looking, looking for the Nissan hut that disappeared 60 years ago. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't know Nissan made huts. <laughs> Hooties, they call them, the people that... Oh. Now, what have you been banging on about the World Cup, Frank? Oh, the World Cup, yeah. Well, I, I've been a little bit edgy. I, you know, yeah. you may know that David uh, Badil and I are going to the World Cup for Absolute Radio. Mm. We're actually... Uh, Emily, who is our... Um, not, she's not called Emily. You're <gasps> called Emily, aren't you? Oh, I've my read one of those God. Pass. No. Like when you call out the name of the wrong woman during oh. uh, an act of um, wow. intimacy. Mm. You know when that happens? <laughs> Emma. Emma, our producer's name. Emma. Emma, that's Emma. what she's called. And that's Gavin. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the northern one in the shore. <laughs> uh, well, we're all going out to South Africa. And people have been saying to me, you know, you'll get killed in Johannesburg and all that, which I'm getting very, very sick of. But I thought Cape Town very, very, very lovely. Mm. And then I read in the papers this week that, that there's been a warning to tourists in Cape Town because of um, rampaging baboons. Oh. And the local baboons, for some reason, have got particularly aggressive... And they've been um, attacking people in packs. I don't know if pack is the collective noun for baboons. Mm, I'm not but sure. But that is quite terrifying. Oh, mm. I don't know. You could befriend one. You could be like... One you could befriend. <laughs> 30. Because they, they, they egg each other on, I find, baboons. <laughs> They're all right on their own. They'll sit and chat quietly. You get a few of them, you know, they get a bit uppity. I quite like the idea of them, like, clambering all over the wags. Cars, though. I'd enjoy that. I don't want them on my car, but I don't want them clambering on me. I don't want... The idea of, of one of those red bombs against my clothing. <laughs> you you know once had I mean? a very profound moment with a gorilla. Uh, it's actually a chimpanzee. Oh, it's a chimpanzee, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, uh, uh, gorillas, I find, a bit surly. <laughs> I once stared at a chimpanzee mm. at, uh, at uh, you probably know, Monkey World, which is a, it's a sort of chimp sanctuary oh, in Dorset. It, yeah. yeah. And they keep them in a little... When they first get in, they're in, like, an incubation area. And he came to the window, and I looked at him. I looked into his big brown eyes. They all seem to have brown eyes. I think a chimpanzee with blue eyes would look beautiful. You don't see many blonde chimps, do you? No, but they wouldn't have... Perhaps <laughs> Scandinavia's probably packed with yeah. them. So he stared at me. We were just looking at each other for so long. I mean, our faces... There was a plate of glass, but our faces were about five inches apart. People came to look at us looking at each other. It was like the missing link. It was oh, really, I love it. Really spectacular thing. You and your chimp friend. Very, very odd. And um, two days later, I found myself casually peeling a banana with my feet. <laughs> I think I may have been hypnotised. I think it was some sort of chimpanzee Paul McKenna type <laughs> figure probably helped me stop i haven't smoked since then either <laughs> so you know that's a good sign but i tell you what there's a thing in uh, in last weekend at the sun yeah I, I have it with me actually oh and it's brilliant news this england are going to win the world cup really yes you may listen, this is that'll mean more money listen, for you listen this is the this is the newspaper <laughs> right, that is, I don't need to think that that's something from the BBC Radio Workshop that no, says newspapers. And this is a real, mm. real thing. <laughs> anyway, it says in here that there's so many coincidences that it's become apparent that England are going to win the World Cup because we won it in '66. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to win it 
2010. This is some of the pretty, I'd say, pretty convincing evidence. First of all, there was a general election in 1966. There's also one in 2010. 2010. That's spooky. Also... There was a new Doctor Who in 1966. Wow, which one was oh. it? Patrick Troughton. Oh. Oh, he was hunky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, you, so you can see now the evidence is, is building up. It's I, everywhere. I'm going to give you, you this, this, is, this, is, um, this is one of my, my favourites. Um, in 1966 in South Africa, the white architect of apartheid, Hendrik Vervoord, was knifed to death. In 2010, South African white supremacist Eugene Terra Blanche was knifed and beaten to death. If that isn't, <laughs> wow. if that isn't a certainty England's going to win the World Cup, I don't know what is. And a very happy coincidence. Yeah, when Terra Blanche went, I said to myself, they might as well clear a space in the trophy cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one, there's one last one. The opening of Parliament was first televised in 1966. Thursday night saw the first TV debate between prime ministerial <laughs> candidates. I think that is quite amazing. To me, this is the sort of thing that if Arthur C. Clarke was still alive, this would be on one of his um, in one of his shows about the supernatural mm. happenings of the world. So, to me, it's ser- in the bag. Aren't they searching for the perfect chant or something? What's- perfect chant. A boffins. Mm, boffin. I love a boffin. Yeah, boffins are. Um, <laughs> They're, they're trying to find the, the perfect football chant, the one that sort of, you know, sums up. It's a very interesting art, the football chant. Well, you should know. No, but it is. Yeah. Ma- Ma- Martin I mean, Carthy, interesting. the English folk singer, said that really it's the closest thing to the, to the folk song. Because mm. folk songs, they used to use the same tunes over and over again, but they'd write them about think topical things that had happened. And and all sing them together, and so that's what football chants do. There's nothing yeah. else quite like it. So what, I know loads of football chants. I love them. Yeah, let's talk about sesk, baby. Let's talk about flamini. Don't you know that one? Everyone knows it. <laughs> no, I, we don't sing that at West Bromwich Albion. What do you sing? Um, there is a one I've always very much liked, which is that we will follow the Albion <laughs> over land and sea and water. <laughs> <laughs> And it's one of those when you see something in brackets and you think, well, do we need that? <laughs> I've always presumed it must mean fresh water as well oh, as, yeah. as, as, as salty water. There was another one I very much liked. I was at, we were at Port Vale yeah. watching, and, and a sudden snowstorm. I mean, out the, out, literally out the blue, I suppose. Um, snowstorm came out of nowhere and the Albion fans started going, orange ball, orange ball, orange ball. <laughs> And they knew, and out it came to uh, an enormous cheer. I like that one, Blame It on a Buoy, which is to the sound of Blame It on the Boogie. Do you only mm. know Arsenal, Chad? Yes, I used to go to Arsenal a lot, and, mm. and there endeth the lesson. Do we have any other uh, communication? We do. We have one from James Smith, who's aged 14. Aww. I like it when the young ones text and email in. 14, oh, it's nice. a difficult age, isn't it? Mm. He says... Thank you, Frank, Gareth and Emily. You brightened up so many boring trips and days out with my family. Oh, it's damning with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of him like walking around a safari park with his iPod in, just yeah, listening to a, us. Just a bit sulky, the way yeah. 14-year-olds are. He oh, says... Man, come on, why don't you come and look at the animals? Sure, Mum! <laughs> just listening to us. He says, I love Frank. Oh. The NIA Live was amazing. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, actually, the NIA Live gig is a bit rude for a 14-year-old. Oh, is it? Okay, don't watch that, James. 
I love Gareth. I think you are the most awesome person ever. Wow. Oh. Um, Aldon. The most awesome person ever. I don't yeah. think that's correct, is he? <laughs> I mean, no oh, disrespect think... to you, but you surely you're not the most awesome person ever. <laughs> really? Who well, do you think? what about Gandhi? Should we give him what some... What about Gandhi? <laughs> Bapu, as we called him. <laughs> OK, What Gandhi. about Bapu? <laughs> OK, I'll give you Gandhi. OK. Will you give me Gandhi? <laughs> Who else is more awesome than me? I think Gandhi... Should we give Gandhi some recommendations well. of other awesome people? OK, I'm sticking with Gandhi. OK, I think you let's, put him on, let's put him on the top shelf. Right OK, there. look up these people, James. Love is is like James? Gandhi. Yeah, his name's James show. Smith, and he's 14, and he's from London. OK, check out Bill Hicks. He's pretty awesome. Okay. He's going to list a load of yeah, people now. Yeah, Bob Dylan... Oh, he's dreadful. No, he's awesome. He's, he's like one of my old aunts. <laughs> <laughs> Probably says more about your aunts. Um, and Jesus, maybe Jesus Christ. Check him out. Okay. Well, there you go. That's awesome three, three That's all I can think of who from, are more awesome than me. From Gareth. Hmm. Yeah. So who are you going for, Emily? Well, who should he check out? Well, he should check out Emily Dean because James says, I think you're brilliant. So there you go. It's good to we I got, got a brilliant. each. You yeah, don't have do. anyone who you, you want to introduce him to to, to mould him oh, into to say, a better human being. Well, you know who? My, well, my person would be Alan Bennett because he's my hero. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go Lindsay Dawn Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> that should, I think that's that sort of should have everything. Then he'll have he'll have um, mm. everything from titillation to spirituality, and it's a, it's a fabulous road to travel. I wish mm. I was 14 again. <laughs> I, I doubt that'll come true, that wish. Can I point that out? I can't imagine any way. Well, it hasn't happened so far, I don't think. I imagine... I mean, is God going to reach across and press some rewind button and I'm suddenly going to spin backwards in a great flurry of flares and school uniforms? No. I no. don't think God grants a lot of wishes. Does he not? No, I think that's fairies. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Jimmy Savile. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. He's the wish granter. Oh, yeah. I knew it was somebody with blonde hair. <laughs> Talking of lovely children, let me tell you what my niece did this week. So I was watching what Katie did, because that's, that's how I like to spend my quality time with my niece. <laughs> with her. That's Mimi, who's a friend of the show, and she's eight. Mimi, I should say, is named after Emily. No, she's not. <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> and Mimi... How old is Mimi? She's eight. OK. And uh, as we were watching what Katie did, that Katie Price series, she turned around to my sister and she went... Oh, Mummy, why can't you look more like that? <gasps> well. What, to look more like... Katie Price. Is oh, that no. what eight-year-olds see yeah. as, as the perfect... And my sister said, you don't want to look like that. And she went, oh, why? <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Well, she already sounds like her. Oh, and my sister said, because everyone will think you're a silly Billy when you walk into a room. Which I thought was a very good explanation. It is true. I mean, mm. how often have you heard... Katie Price referred to as a silly Billy <laughs> in the press. <laughs> it is. It's, it's stop with her, that tag, that silly Billy tag. <laughs> but I thought that's that's who most kids kind of aspire to looking like now. Not fourteen-year-old boys. That's all about the gawag. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what <laughs> the gawag. So that? that's what that's what my brothers call me. My brothers call me Gowag. How were we to know because, that? Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm dropped. sorry. I was, I was, sorry we let you down there. We're a bit slow on the uptake. The Gowag? Yeah. Some sort of area that? of Wales. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we'd known that, we'd refer to... Well, well, I think we should stick with calling you the Gowag in future. Gowan and the Not Green the Knights. the Gowag, the Gowag. Gowain, we call you. Gowag. 
The Goag. Well, don't say it again, like, not the Goag. The Goag. Don't keep saying it. It sounds like you're having a fit. And also, like, we should be really familiar with it. Why should we not? Yeah, Goag. Goag. Stop it. Goag. Not the Goag. Oh, dear. (laughs) Anyway, look, I want to talk about the severed arm. I don't want to... We can't have a podcast without a severed arm, anecdote. Well, why wouldn't be right? Um, Well, this is about um, a great-grandmother who was in a car crash and had to have um, her arm amputated. That's not the funny thing. No, that's not funny. That's obviously very sad. She had to have her arm amputated, um, and it it was was, um, put in the um, incinerator, as they do with the limbs. Is that what they do with them? Yeah, they put them... They incinerate them. Um, Oh, I... I, uh, Seems a bit of a waste, doesn't it? Mm. I think I'd have one in. I'd keep it in the car mm-hmm. for signalling. Because sometimes, if you want to signal, if you want to turn left, you can't reach the passenger window. <laughs> <laughs> you could have it fitted onto a sort of indicator thing. Anyway, carry on. Um, so you could have it sticking out the boots if it was. <laughs> this so um, she. They're um, all severed limbs, but that's what they do with them at hospitals. I think really? so, yeah. I think that they, they put them in the incinerator. I don't know. I'll have to sleep with the doctor and then I'll tell you. Well, I um, I live quite near a hospital and there is a chimney there where occasionally like quite black smoke comes <gasps> out and now I'm thinking oh. that that might be... The, Sweeney the Todd. Arm. Wouldn't it be fabulous if a sort of arm cloud floored all the uh, aeroplanes? Mm. Yeah, OK. Sort of hailed the aeroplanes... Yeah, it would be good. It would be like a bit, a bit of knuckle got in the engine. Anyway, carry on. Um, but in the process of it being the arm being amputated and then in 24 hours later it was incinerated, there were some rings on the arm. Oh, OK. And well, the, on the fingers. Presumably. Yeah, on the fingers, and yep. the rings have gone missing. So the family, there's no comment from the actual lady, but the family are really worried about the rings. Well, I'm they, not surprised. They say, I'd hate yeah. to think someone had taken them in the state my mum was in. It's not so much the financial value of them, it's the sentimental value. One of them was my nan's wedding ring and she gave my mum when she died. So oh, well, really no, it's them. horrible. Uh, it's well, I wonder. I mean, I, I think, the, you know, someone should have taken them off yes. before. I mean, the mum could have took them off. She had the other arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you don't think someone has sent the whole thing off to one of those send us your gold adverts <laughs> you have on the telly, do you? They're oh, going to yeah. open a big packet and it's still on the arm. It's going to, oh, there's been a mix of, someone sent, they've sent the arm with it, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I've got some gold, but it's still got the arm. <laughs> got the arm? Yeah, the arm's on it. <laughs> oh, I'm, worried no. that, I'm worried that the family seem fixated on the rings and the, and the, the sentimental value of the woman's word, but it's probably her arm. Well, no, because they, they would have got rid of the arm because it would have been useless. I think that, you know, those rings... Yeah. I think, it's a sad story in many ways, and, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping she gets the... Someone ever took yeah. that. If those rings were just taken, yeah. I'm hoping somebody has a big burst of conscience and gives them back. Oh, OK, then. Of course, if there's more than four, <laughs> there's going to be uh, some decisions to be made. If, if her total rings come to fall when yeah. they come back, but we'll see what happens. God, God bless her anyway. What was there's an who was the uh, who was the actress with the uh, the extra? Oh, Gemma Arterton, the Bond girl. She's got an extra arm. She's got she? an extra digit, I believe. Oh, an, an extra, extra arm. I thought she had an extra arm. Is <laughs> no. that wrong? She's no. like some Spider-Man oh. villain. If I'd have known she didn't have an extra arm, I wouldn't have sent her all those fan letters. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all want to go out with a, a woman with an extra arm. <laughs> Saying, Gemma, give us a wave. 
Yeah, exactly. Give us a, your Isle of Man wave <laughs> when she holds the three shoes. I don't know if you've seen her do that. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got an extra finger, well, Gemma when, yeah. when she was born, she had six fingers on each hand. Oh, oh. check out the Gemma Arterton yeah. expert. It was on Jonathan there. Ross last on Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, they what the doctor does is they just tie string round it and it falls off. They didn't have bones in; they were just floppy. Oh, the, oh I, th- I think they did that with Castor Semenya. <laughs> oh God! It's <laughs> mm. a funny old world. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.